The primary mission of the Notre Dame Federal Credit Union is to serve their members. As the nation's largest Catholic-oriented credit union, they have a special concern for the poor, the underserved, minorities, and all Catholics. Thank you to the Notre Dame Federal Credit Union for sponsoring the Building Through Him podcast. Mary Jo Parrish is a passionate disciple, a wife and mother, and the founder of Kingdom Builders. She has been a teacher of the Catholic faith for many years. Her teachings, shared at monthly Kingdom Builders gatherings, lead hundreds of women to apply scripture and the lives of the saints to everyday life by telling humorous and humbling personal stories of how God allows beauty to rise up out of the mess Mary Jo combines the sacred and the silly for a time of laughter, learning, and the love of the Father. Give it up for my mom. He's going to make me cry even before I start. So if you've never heard me talk before, sometimes I cry. Yeah. So just warning you for that. So uh, that's my slew of kids uh, that the Father has blessed my husband and I with. Um, Logan's our oldest. Our youngest is Sebastian. I have four of my daughters working in the back, so you'll see them. Someone said, they look just like you. I was like, thank you. My genetics are strong. Anyway, so you'll see them back there, if my clicker works. So normally at a Kingdom Builders gathering, which we have eight locations across three dioceses, we always start with making sure everyone feels welcome, because the enemy can tell us, like, you know, you're not welcome here because of this or that. So this thing happened, and I really feel like it solidifies that whole statement of all the reasons you're welcome here. My son Logan was ordained this past spring, praise God, and yeah, where are you? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know where he's at. Oh, there he is. He's getting coffee. Um, And it was beautiful. And the thing about Logan is he is the most frugal person I've ever met in my life. He still has the same jeans from high school. They're bell-bottoms. And he will not get new ones. He will not let me buy him new ones. He just wears the same thing. So he doesn't ask for anything ever. But he asked for a travel altar. And so I was like, that is for sure what we're going to get him. And so I go online to hunt for travel altars. And if you type in travel altars, there's pages and pages and pages of travel altars for witches. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I did not know that the, I just didn't know that was a thing. I was like, what in the world? So we know that altars are for what? Sacrifice, right? Altars are for sacrifice. And we know that witches are worshiping who? Satan, right? So let's keep that in the back of my mind. I like started to start the day off like sad, but I promise it gets better. Okay. So he's ordained. It's beautiful. He has his travel altar. So he's used it at our house and when we went camping, which was awesome. But when I'm praying with it, it still is just like weighing on me. Like, wow, that, that, those altars just weighing on me. And I had to remember, I remember this aspect from the movie The Hobbit. So if you haven't seen it, there's these dwarves that are, they're good. They are good dwarves. But they're kind of stubborn, and they like their own way. But they're loyal. They're good. And then you have these elves who are also good. They are good. But they're a little pretentious, very elegant, also good fighters. Um, and they get into a battle over whose gold is inside this mountain. And both have right, rightful ownership of what's inside this mountain. And they're fighting amongst each other, right? They're both good, and they're fighting amongst each other. And what they don't know is that this evil orc army is coming for them, and they're distracted because they're fighting each other. So anyone ever heard of divide and conquer? 
Yes? Okay. The policy of maintaining control over one's subordinates or opponents by encouraging dissent between them, thereby preventing them from uniting in opposition. Ladies, we have one enemy. Who is that? It's Satan. That's our only enemy. So whether you've gotten to Facebook fight over masking or not masking, whether you come from a different religious background, if you are seeking a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, you are welcome here. This is where you belong. I don't care what kind of background you come from. The Lord loves you. He designed you, and he wants you here to cherish and love you. The Holy Spirit's coming. He is coming. And so all those things, all those reasons for division is just the enemy's way to keep us divided. And we're here together, together, united, so the Holy Spirit can come down and we can fight our true enemy, Satan. So no matter what the enemy has told you, you are welcome here today. So I need to give a shout out real quick. So I talked about all those host parishes and we have core teams at each location. If you're on a core team at one of our host parishes, could you please stand? Could you give these ladies a round of applause? You can sit back down. No one likes to see up. <laughs> it's like all the attention. So I just want to thank you for all the work that you do to bring Jesus to these people, you know, to our builder sisters. And if you're like, I think we might want kingdom builders at our parish. We actually have an example launch box in the back. All these eight parishes didn't get it. We just finished the development of this launch box that's in the back. And you can think to yourself, like, maybe we could do this. I want a little bit more information. Then just write your stuff down and we'll contact you. We're never going to be pressuring, right? We want the whole, the Holy Spirit wants. So if he wants it there, he'll prompt you. You can go back there, write your information down, and we can send your pastor this pastor's guide, which is awesome, just to kind of let them know about Kingdom Builders, and we can go from there. If not, that's okay. We just want you to enjoy the day. Okay, so I always like to start off with some funny stories, because the Lord loves to hear his daughters laugh. Amen? Amen, right? So I go to Sam's Club. I shop there regularly. It's where I buy most of my clothes. I'm not going to buy not just food. So I'm walking through Sam's Club, and it was pre-COVID, so I had lost a little bit of weight. I put that right back on after COVID. But when I was walking through, I decided that I was like, hey, we need, we'll have shrimp this week. So I, I'm looking at the different shrimps, jumbo, large, medium, all these different sizes. I'm like, okay, are the small shrimp just simply malnourished, or are they baby shrimp? Does it matter? This is what's always going on in my head. What's the price difference? Like, and so I finally, like, I'm in the shrimp mode, and so I finally open the freezer, make my decision, and before I touch the bag, I feel a cool breeze across my butt cheeks. <laughs> because those pants, which were too large, by the grace of God, had slid down. <laughs> and because I was in shrimp mode, which is a thing, I did not even recognize it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I pulled my head. Luckily, there's no one behind me, so I'm telling Logan, it's just not fair. Like, you men can go into Sam's Club and pick out, you know, 33, 34, and just have a pant size. Us ladies, if we want to do that, we have to go to, like, a high-end store. Why can't we? We were lucky if we get petite and regular and tall. Like, that's just not fair. He's listening to me, listening to me. Logan, where are you? Are you here? Okay. And he listens to me, and then he says one statement. What did you say? That's why we have belts, Mom. <laughs> I was like, all right, fine, whatever. So another funny story, so I've been pregnant lots of times, and my last pregnancy, I decided to go out and buy this new fancy shirt, and it was like one of those ones that went like right about here, and we were getting ready for mass, and 
my pants I could not find. I was like, I just laid them on the bed. So I'm walking all over my bedroom, like crawling under things, because you have lots of kids, they move things. And my husband's like, so, you know, it's a little cold today. I was like, okay, crawling, looking around. He's like, so you feel comfortable in that? And I was like, yes, Bill, what, what is the problem? I'm, what, can you just help me find my pants? Like, I was thinking, just help me find my pants. He was like, okay, hey, so I like, I don't want to hurt your feelings or anything, but that dress is pretty short. <laughs> I said, it's a shirt. He was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, yeah, my husband, he puts up with a lot, but vice versa, right? So we're getting ready to go. Oh, I thought we were getting ready. There was a middle school meeting at our kids' school because I have kids in like every grade all the time. People are like, oh my gosh, I think I have kids in your grade. I'm like, congratulations, because I have kids in every grade. <laughs> and there was this middle school meeting and I was getting ready to go and Bill's like, are you leading a prayer? And I was like, no. And then I was like, what do you think I should be leading a prayer? You know, why is he saying that? And he's like, are you doing like a teaching or something? And I was like, no, I'm not doing a teaching. And I'm like, does he think I should be doing one more thing? Oh my gosh, he's like putting more things on my plate. And he finally says, I'm like ready to walk out the door. He's like, hey, you know we don't have a middle schooler this year, right? And I was like, no. <laughs> Took my shoes back off and sat back down. He's very cautious with his questions, right? Because he loves me a lot. All right, let's pray. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked upon his handmaid's lowliness. Behold, from now on, all ages will call me blessed. The mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is from age to age to those who fear him. He has shown might with his arm, dispersed the arrogant of mind and heart. He has thrown down the rulers from their thrones. The hungry is filled with good things. The rich he has sent away empty. He has helped Israel, his servant, remembering his mercy, according to his promise to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. Amen. Well, I don't know what happened to the font there, but it got changed. Okay, anyway. We always know when there's like little attacks to the enemy or big attacks to the enemy, it's going to be good. So we'll just accept that, Lord. We accept that. All right. So in Kinnabush, we always talk about our foundation. We pray for a minimum of 10 minutes a day. If your husband's being crabby, minimum of. Your house is completely trash, minimum of. We always, always allow ourselves to receive the Father's love for 10 minutes minimum per day. We go to church on Sunday. That's a divine commandment, not a divine suggestion. So we go to church. And we stay in a state of grace. So if we're struggling with any type of serious sin that's going to block God's grace, we get to confession, go to a self-help group, go to therapy, whatever's necessary for us to be free of that sin. And then we build ourselves, build others, and build the church. So today we're talking about surrender, make room to bloom. When I was praying about it, these are the three sections that the Lord broke it down to. True beauty, honor the unrest, and surrender to love. So true beauty. So we know that God has three characteristics. He is good, he is beautiful, and he is true. And so we know that we are made in God's image and likeness. We bloom when we reflect his goodness, his beauty, and his truth. This is from St. Augustine. Take care of your body as if you were going to live forever, and take care of your soul as if you were going to die tomorrow. We're body and soul, right? We're body and soul. 
There's that meme where it says, why do I feel so terrible? And the body's like, coffee's not a meal. Drink a glass of water, eat a vegetable, take a walk, sleep. I guess we will never know. I'm like, that's totally me. So when we know that we're created in God's image and likeness, that he calls us to reflect that in our lives, we are temple of the Holy Spirit, not just in our soul, but physically as well. So who are the hands and feet of Christ? Who? We are the hands and feet of Christ, right? And the enemy knows this, right? He knows. My daughter Karina was over and um, she was studying and she had like a fancy dress on and heels and hair and makeup. And I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm studying. And I was like, why do you look like you're going to a party? And she said, mom, they've done studies that the more beautiful we feel, the more productive we are. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So when we feel beautiful, that radiates out, right? The enemy knows that. The way we love our bodies and our souls, both, both of them, increases or decreases how effective we are as the body of Christ. Mind blown? Like, oh my goodness, it's true. So I kind of like thought about this. And then I had this day where I felt super good the whole day, like beautiful, I was getting all these things done and was just happier, more joyful, all these things. I was like, man, what's different? My prayer's consistent. Like, what, what's the difference? And I didn't recognize it till at the end of the day when I was taking off my pants and putting on pajamas that I had a new pair of pants on, not the ones from Sam's Club. <laughs> and I felt beautiful and they were flattering and they were comfortable. And as crazy as that sounds, that a pair of pants would make you more productive. Like, it's just true. It's true. And the enemy knows that. So does Satan desire us to feel good? What do you think? No, he doesn't. Because he knows that when we feel good, when we feel beautiful, when we feel true, that we're more effective as the hands and feet of Christ. He knows that. So he's going to attempt to twist our desire to be beautiful into hating our bodies and hating ourselves. He'll going to twist that. One of the scribes came to Jesus and asked him, which is the first of the commandments? Jesus replied, the first is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. So, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, because Jesus could have just said, you shall love your neighbor, but he didn't. He said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Do you love yourself? Like when you look in your mirror, you're like, I am very good, and I love myself. So how do we love our neighbor when we don't even love ourselves? Uh, I was talking to one of my builder sisters, and she recommended this Andrew Peterson, who's a Christian music artist and author. She said, his thought is that when we die, God's going to ask us one question. Did you believe I loved you? So we were in mass. This is so embarrassing. I'm just going to tell you anyway, because it's in the PowerPoint. I can't change it. Anyway, so we're in mass, and the night before, my teenager had caused major drama, and my husband and I were both feeling super exhausted and overwhelmed and like failures as parents. And the whole time during mass, my four-year-old Sebastian was like, loving us, kissing us, like petting our cheeks the whole time, like to the point where it was like, almost like, hey, this seems a little weird, but it was like, whatever. It was like, it felt like God was just kind of consoling our broken mommy, daddy hearts. Someone took a photo, that's it, and sent it to me along with this text. I don't know if you'll see this and I hope you don't mind. I took this picture. I took it to share with you. 
Boy, did your son fill my heart with love, watching him love on you and your husband. You are so blessed. So I read that after church, and I'll tell you the first thing that popped in my mind. I had no idea I had that much back fat. (laughs) You didn't think I was going to go there, did you? Deep, beautiful, no. So that was my initial thought. And it was like, as I took a step back, I was like, ooh, I allowed the enemy to twist my desire to be beautiful. And I actually blocked me seeing true beauty. It blocked it. So how many of you have ever asked yourself, do I look fat in these jeans? Like look in the mirror? Yeah. It's probably not you asking that. So a more accurate question would be, does this demon make me look fat in these jeans? Right? Because he doesn't want you to feel good. So we know that the goal of demons is for them to block us feeling good, beautiful, and true. They want to block it, right? Because they know when we feel good, beautiful, and true. They didn't want you here today, right? Because they know when you walk out of here, you're going to be feeling good, beautiful, and true. Amen? Yes. So they know that, and they want to block it as much as they can. But the Lord does not see how we see. He doesn't. He sees more than a number on a scale. He sees more than the size pants you're wearing. He sees into the heart. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For God does not see as man sees since man looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. He looks at your heart. I was praying over a little girl with disabilities, one of our builder sisters. I was praying over her. And my view of disabilities up to that point was that people with disabilities were a reminder to those without to slow down, to love more purely, to remember that it's not about what we accomplish that gives us our worth, it's to whom we belong. And that's true, but it's like a drop compared to the whole ocean of what happened. It's one of the most profound experiences of my life, praying over this little girl. Let the children come to me, do not prevent them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Amen, I say to you, whoever does not accept the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. Then he embraced them and blessed them, placing his hands on them. So I started to pray over her. Come, Holy Spirit, come. I put my hand on her shoulder. And it was like he gave me a glimpse of how he saw her. She was perfect. She was not disabled. He designed her exactly the way he wanted her, and she was magnificent. Magnificent. I was weeping because I had never felt any type of love like that before. Her perfection, his design of her, pure perfection. He left her littleness, her dependence, her complete lack of caring about what anyone thought, just magnificence in his eyes. And I was like, I didn't know. I just didn't know that the Lord could love that much. The Lord, too, loves our littleness. He loves our dependence on him, and he just wants us to surrender. Just surrender to me. I'm good. Just surrender to me. And so we're going to do that by honoring the unrest. So what's that mean? So two of our children are adopted out of foster care. And in foster care training, they told us that oftentimes kids don't need a time out when they're actually distressed or acting up. They need a time in. So when they're acting up, you actually put them on your lap and you hold them. And in the process of holding them, it sends like happy chemicals to their little bodies and it calms them, right? I listened to Father Ben Mullenkamp. He's a pastor at St. Anthony's in South Bend say they did a study of girls who were struggling in school, and they broke them into two groups. The first group, they gave tutors, and the second group, they told their dads to hug them daily. So 
what helped young girls more when struggling in school? Tutoring or daily dad hugs? Who thinks tutoring? Who thinks daily dad hugs? You are right. Daily dad hugs. And we're no different. We're no different. That's why we say to pray for 10 minutes a day, because we need the daily dad hug. He's always like, hey, I'm here. We have to say, hey, I accept your love. You know, like he's always loving us, but we have to choose to accept it. That's why it takes a minimum of 10 minutes. So we know that we're created to feel that, that goodness, that beauty, that truth within us. And so if we don't, we don't run from it. We don't push it down. That's the Holy Spirit saying something's not right. Something's off. Something's not right. As we call that feeling unrest, we honor the unrest. Something doesn't feel right, we honor it. We take a time in. We sit with the Father. We get a heavenly hug, and we rest in his love. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage. Get up. Jesus is calling you. He threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him in reply, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Master, I want to see. Jesus told him, Go your way. Your faith has saved you. Immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. A lot of times, like Bartimaeus here, we're blind. We're blind to the attack of the enemy. So we get that feeling. Sometimes we're just like pushing it down. We have to say, oh, I feel it. I feel you're kind of trying to communicate with me. Master, I want to see. We have to say that. We don't drink it away. We don't eat it away. We don't Netflix it away. We don't work it away. We don't social media it away. We actually examine it. The Holy Spirit's trying to communicate with us, and we're going to communicate back. We just sit with him and say, Master, I want to see, and let him show you. So who's ever swaddled a baby? Yes? When you first swallow a baby, a lot of times they push back, right? They grunt, and they're like trying to get, uh, 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 that whole thing. And then once they know they're like locked in, then they're like, <sighs> and we're the same way. So when you first go to the Father, whether it's in prayer, asking him about the unrest, whatever it is, you'll have that feeling initially. And then you can just sit in the unrest. A lot of people think they're bad at praying because they never get past this point, And they just rip open the, the swabble and then run away. Like, oh, I'm not good at that. It's like, take the time to allow yourself to be loved there and let him unveil it. And when we sit with the Father, we ask him to unveil the reason for the unrest, and then we invite him in to heal it. So when Logan was ordained, four days after his ordination, I had like a super, super dark moment. I was surrounded by dirty laundry everywhere and stuff on flat surfaces that was piles high because actually no one in my house, no one can see stuff on flat surfaces except me. <laughs> Not a single person. It's a miracle. Like, no one sees this, even though it's their stuff. And it was just like, all these people, my kids were like partying still, you know, like the toddlers running around. I was like, it was absolutely crazy. I was like, oh my gosh. And so I'm just crying in my bedroom closet surrounded by dirty laundry. And I'm like, Lord, I'm a terrible mom. I haven't gone grocery shopping in two weeks. I haven't cooked my family a good meal. I'm surrounded by dirty laundry. The house is a mess. Like, I am a terrible mom. Other moms do it better. Other moms do it better. This mom could have done this, and this mom could have done this. Like, I am not worthy, and like all these things. And at some point in time, God was like, hey, what you doing? And I was like, what am I doing? And I had to look at the unrest, like, okay, what's happening here? I'm looking at this dirty laundry and totally getting lost in that dirty laundry. And I just had to say, okay, Master, I want to see. Like, show me. Satan's whispering to you, and you're believing the lies. 
He's whispering to you and you're believing the lies. If every tiny flower wanted to be a rose, spring would lose its loveliness. I fell into the comparison, the spirit of comparison, like this mom would do it better than me, you know? I fell into that. I was allowing my peace and joy to be stolen by that lie. And I was like, okay, I'm not doing that. Like, no, I have to claim my worth and authority and rise up as the woman that God designed me to be. So in the, kneeling in my closet, I'm like, in the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of comparison. Smelling dirty clothes. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am unworthy. In the name of Jesus, like I just started going through all these things. Jesus, please take these lies in spirit. Father, pour your blessing upon me. Fill me with your joy. Fill me with your peace. Fill me with, you know, on and on and on. And then it's gone. It's just gone. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, dirty clothes. We can do that. Kids, let's go. You know, it's like, it's just gone because I claim my worth and authority. If you're like, hey, I want a little bit more on that. We put together my father's garden so that those who want more information about renouncing lies and spirits can have it. It can be done in a small group or it can be done alone. Either one, that's in the back. So finally, we're able to surrender to his love. When we just renounce all that stuff because we are daughters of the king, we have the authority to do that. Then we just fall, we surrender to his love. So how many of you have ever been on a carousel? Well, we went to the carousel in the zoo and I made sure that my kids didn't get the one that just stayed still and went in circles, that I got one for them that moved up and down and went in circles, right? And we can see like the animals on the carousel, they're good and they're beautiful, right? And it's fun, right? But I remembered as a little girl choosing one that didn't go up and down. And I was like, still. And everyone else was like having the greater movement or whatever. And I was just going in circles. And my heart was sad because I recognized that the higher good is greater freedom and movement. That's the higher good. Like I recognize that. So I didn't want my kids to have that same experience. Like I made sure that they had the higher good, right? And as we kept walking through the zoo, the live animals, they're good, they're beautiful, and they're more true, right? Because they're alive, right? They poop, sleep, reproduce, all these things. They're more true. But something still isn't right because they're in cages, right? They're not fully alive because they're not totally free. They're not. They're not totally free. And we can be the same way. When we allow ourselves to be trapped in that bedroom closet, by the lies and spirits of the enemy. We're just hiding there. And the Lord's like, come out. Just claim your authority. I died to give you. Just come out. We have to choose that. Did you believe I loved you? So how many builders here have ever allowed their peace and joy to be stolen because of a number on a scale? How many builders here have ever allowed their peace and joy to be stolen because they compared themselves to another woman and felt lacking? enemy knows all these things, right? And the Lord wants us to be free of that. He wants us to be free of that. He wants us to honor our own design and bloom right there with our own gifts and our own talents. You see all this beauty here? This isn't me. This isn't me. I have no artistic ability at all. This is just a team of people, everyone doing just like offering up their little gifts and coming together and making something beautiful. And that's what the Lord wants for all of us. So some of us may think to ourselves, well, I'm good and beautiful, and I'm, I'm going in circles. At least I'm going in circles. And some of us maybe have accepted more of the Father's love, and at least we're going up and down in circles, right? Accepting more. And some of us may think we're like more free, but we're still in cages. Parts of us are still in cages. But this thing, the Father wants all of us to be free. He wants all of our design to be free to glorify him, all of it. Anyone know who this is? 
Yeah, St. Therese. That's my girl. When she was a little girl, she actually started out super bratty when she was little. So, and then she had a great conversion, like eighth grade. Her sister, Leone, was cleaning her bedroom and came out with this little basket of things she didn't want anymore, dolls and books and toys and stuff. And she asked Therese, Therese, do you want any of these, any of these things? And Therese looked at the basket and said, I choose all. Isn't that so cute? And seriously, when it comes to that, God chooses all. Chooses all, and within the all, chooses all of our design. All of our design is supposed to glorify him. He wants us to fully rise in the gifts that he has given us so that we can build his kingdom. So speaking of cleaning bedrooms, one of my teenagers who shall remain nameless cleaned their bedroom, and I'll just let you know that the teenagers live on the upper floor. You know, it's a two-story house. Sounds like so fancy. In the upper floor. Yeah. They're upstairs, and if the Board of Health came in, they would 100% condemn those bedrooms, and I don't care. Like, I'm like, you know how to clean. Like, I've trained you well. Like, if you want to live in disgusting, I don't even care. Like, it's not a hill I'm going to die on. So those moms who were, like, on it, like, congratulations, I'm not one of them. All right? So, just don't. So when my teenager came down carrying two garbage bags full of trash, black garbage bags, I was like, oh, great, cleaning's happening. I didn't think anything of it. Until the next morning when I heard my husband screaming at this teenager. Why? Because raccoons had gotten in those two garbage bags, and they were all spread across the backyard. And within those garbage bags was my porcelain bowls and forks with food dried on. Oh, that made me mad. (laughs) Rather than taking the time to bring the dishes down and put them in a sink like a decent human being, the teenager threw them away. I was like, like, I paid for those. And you just threw them away. Like, I paid for them. Those are, my, those are not even yours. They're mine. And you just threw them away. I was like, oh my gosh, it bothered me so much. So I felt like the only way to handle it was, you know, raccoon memes in our family group chat to shame this teenager properly. Brought you here to talk about your garbage. It's garbage night, so I'm taking you out for dinner. I regret nothing. Your garbage was delicious. Seniors was like, Mom, stop. Like, well, maybe you should have stopped. But it really did. I was like, with praying about it, it was really bothered me. So I'm in my rosary, I'm in the Sorrowful Mysteries and the Crucifixion, and I keep having this visual of nails, specifically what I think is dried blood. And then as I pray with it more, I'm like, no, it's actually rust. So when you pray, ask the Lord to use your imagination. That's the primary reason he gave you an imagination was for relationship with him, for prayer. So sometimes he'll give you like little images in your mind. So I kept seeing this rust on these nails about to enter him. And I was like, what is that? And I was like, well, rust is corrosion, right? Like if, if nails were left outside, just disregarded outside, the elements would happen, the rust would happen. So I was like, what's that? Just kept praying with it, praying with it. And this is what he laid on my heart. I was like, Lord, why am I praying of rusty images? Like what rusty nails? You're bothered by the disregard for your plates, but you often disregard my nails. When I offered up my life for you, I took those nails in my hands. When I offered up my life for you, I took those nails in my feet. Those rusty nails you see, ignored and disregarded, represent my love for you. My love is often forgotten or rejected. What else could I do to prove my love for you? Are these nails not enough? Do you believe I love you? Will you accept the gift of my love outpoured? Will you surrender and allow yourself the freedom I died to give you? Every wound, spirit, or lie that keeps you from loving yourself 
and living out the fullness of your beautiful design is a rusty nail. You are not meant to be nailed down and going in circles. You're not meant to be nailed inside a cage. My body held the nails so that you could be free to be my hands and feet for the world. I designed you exactly the way I desired you for this time and this place. Surrender everything to me. Allow yourself to be loved. Make room to bloom. Let's pray. Just say this with me. Jesus, lead us to complete surrender in you. Let us welcome and embrace your love. Come into our hearts and give us the courage to let go of any nails that hold us back so that we may surrender to you completely. You offered up your life for us and we offer ours back to you. We claim the fullness of your love. Shine upon us now so that we may fully bloom. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.